Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 161. England have made the final in emphatic style, dispatching the All Blacks in the process. And now, only the Springboks await. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. What a weekend. Dan, was that the greatest England rugby performance of all time? Obviously, Rugby World Cup 2003 notwithstanding, but did that outdo it? And can a win on Saturday surpass it? Um, so, I, 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 I had something to say. I'll, I'll go into that in a sec. So, was that the greatest of all time after 2003? Um, not after, including 2003. Including, not, not including 2003, no. Performance. That, performance. Performance. Was it the best performance? Um, Surely that's... I mean, they, it's got to be up there. They I, outperformed I, the 2003 World Cup final. Yeah, yeah, the World Cup final, the team didn't necessarily perform to the best of their ability, considering how good they were. Yeah, I, I can't, I'm, I'm struggling to think of another one. And in my head, so in my head, I think some of it's been over, not the performance at all, but I've read articles. Actually, we'll go into this in a second. Before, I just wanted to, out of respect for our hosts, Japan, I just wanted to give you, and this is very quick, just a quick two-question quiz. Um, before we started, and then we'll go on to the England game firstly. So, first question, and this is out of respect to Japan. What is the favourite fruit of Japan, the favourite fruit of Japan? Uh, No idea. Not kiwi. (laughs) Did you you see what I did there? It took me a week to come up with that one. (laughs) one Guys, I apologise. I really (laughs) hope that this is not a... uh, a sign of what's to come. Continue, and Dan. What is the favourite mammal of Japan? <laughs> Not whales. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I literally, I told, I told Hev these earlier and she looked at me like I literally just punched her in the face, which but for the record I didn't do. Oh, <laughs> dear. Can we, can we, I, I wish we could start again, but I haven't got time. I haven't okay, got time. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's move this along. Um, the the second part of my original question, the one that was about rugby. Yeah, sorry, yeah, was, that, that makes more sense. Can a win on Saturday surpass the performance? Uh, it, it, a win Saturday doesn't matter about performance. Saturday matters about result and result only. Um, to go back to your last question, yeah, I'm struggling to remember a better England performance. Um, I actually thought it was overplayed a bit. I I thought I read things saying. To beat New Zealand, it had to be the game of their life. I think I think that has not given England anywhere near enough credit. I, I, it, the performance was amazing, and don't take anything away from that. But the reason the performance is amazing is because they're good enough to do that performance. Yeah, I agree. I think what's interesting is that, you know, you say to beat New Zealand, you've got to have the game of your lives. Okay, well, New Zealand probably didn't play their, their very best, but that was because of the pressure they were put under by England because they were so clinical. Um did they have the game of their lives? Yeah, probably they did. But can they give more? Well, they certainly believe so. And with everything that's come before and the way that this team has just built game on game on game, I would argue then, yeah, there is more to come. Um, and I wouldn't want to be the backroom staff in the uh, Springbok camp trying to work out what you do on Saturday. Because some of the things I've heard about how all South Africa needs to do is front up physically uh, to overcome this England side just don't tally with what we saw last weekend. Um, and we'll come on to that as well, because I think we, we're we probably going to spend a bit more time looking at the final on Thursday, because that's going to yeah. be the episode dedicated to that. And obviously, yeah, yeah, we sure. want to look back at the New Zealand game. We want to look at the Wales uh, Springbok game. And there's various other things that have been going on, and that's what today's all about. So before we really kind of get oh. into all of that, we have had um, a few reviews, a few emails. So I just want to go through those, because that is something that we do now. Um, so the first one is an email from uh, Keddy, Keddy Banda Jr. He says, hi, guys. Uh, I've been an avid listener for the past two and a bit years. You've helped me get through some stressful times at uni. And now, having recently graduated, I listen on my way to work. I love the chat. And like some other listeners, find myself chatting, chatting along with you in the car. I've noticed you keep avoiding the question, are you going to keep doing this after we win the World Cup in 2019? The world wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't oh, be the same if, if we did carry on. 
Um, (laughs) Anyway, ever since Eddie came in as head coach, he's had one goal in mind, make England the best rugby team in the world by winning the World Cup. Uh, We've had our ups and downs, but Eddie really is a genius. He's made some eyebrow-raising decisions in the past two years, but we've backed him all the way. I mean, has has everyone backed him all the way? I know we have. Yes, Um, yeah. I, I suspect there's a few people going... Oh, okay. There was there was a point to what he was doing there. Um, anyway, he says, we're in the final. What more can this man do for England? Well, help them win on Saturday. But um, uh, the boys have worked really hard. I really cannot see how we lose on Saturday against South Africa. Uh, well done to the 33-man squad for making us all so proud back home. We know the boys will do a good job. I'm, looking f- I'm, I'm not looking forward to this being over. Five stars, by the way. Keep, keep up the good work. Is it too early to say England to win the World Cup in 2023? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, it's never Kenny, too early. Fa- it's never too early. Kenny, thanks very much for that review. Uh, congratulations on graduating. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's right. So that, another thing I've read this week a lot, uh, sort of based on what Kenny was saying, there's a lot of people saying no one could have no one could have seen this. So, you know, when things were going bad, like no one knew. And Eddie Jones fooled us all. Well, actually, that's why Andy, myself, and a and probably, I'd say a large portion of our listeners are actually in a small minor, minority of people. We knew all along that Eddie had a master plan. We didn't necessarily did. know what it was, but we knew all along. We, we backed them all along. We didn't need to know what it was, Dan. We didn't need to know what it was, but we are in the World Cup final. We and that is England are in the World Cup final playing for immortality and i can't wait just oh. talking about it now i'm getting nervous it's it's huge it's huge <laughs> i mean no more so than i mean our, our next email uh, from the wordsmith that is mike cartledge i think that's right Ooh. um uh, yeah i i mean this I, i'll read it to you because it's special he says first of all it's five stars is the is the title of the email and he says okay. england england England, 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 England. Come on, England, Mike. <laughs> Do you know what, Mike? I could not have said it better myself. Mike, had, Mike actually helped me with the jokes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that I can believe, Dan. Uh, Mike. Think, do you think maybe someone uh, was a little excited post-match? <laughs> I think you might have been. Mike, Andy and I have spent the last two and a half years trying to get our point across and I think you just did it in one in one message <laughs> one short paragraph yeah well yeah. played um, but yeah anyway appreciate you getting in touch uh, David Stockwell uh, he says guys I know you'll probably be inundated with emails and reviews this week because what a flipping week to be an England fan but I wanted to chime in too <clears throat> from now on whenever someone enters the search term domination into their adult website of choice they'll be presented with a gif of Sam Underhill picking Geordie Barrett up and taking him back to his try line while Maratoje straps a little bull gag on Sam Kane in the background what a game uh, my favourite part was the last five minutes, partly because my nerves were a little less on edge, but mostly because everyone always says that New Zealand will cut you apart uh, once play breaks up and gets scrappy. In the last five minutes, play was incredibly broken as New Zealand threw everything at it, but time and time again, they got hit back with a monster tackle. Love the giant V response to the hacker. Never before has the hacker looked so small and outflanked. Cannot wait for the final five-star review. Still can't figure out how to do it on Google Podcasts. And absolutely make sure there's a Six Nations pod. Your audience demands it. One last thing. My Scottish fiance is sometimes subjected to the pod in the car, and she recently made a guess as to what Dan is like in person. She's gone with longish blonde scruffy hair, wanders around in red chinos, linen shirts, and a gilet to top it all off, loafers without socks. I think she's taken offence to some of the Scott bashing, but anyway, is she right, Dave? Uh, she's, she's not really right. In all no, honesty. no. <laughs> no. But, but um, keep guessing. I, I, I'd be quite interested to hear what other people think. But, but, uh, let's but, 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 <laughs> describe yeah, yeah. us. Yeah. Um, by us, I mean Dan. She's not, she's not right, but she's described the person I want to be. <laughs> so, In, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> the man Dan strives to be has been described right there. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, David, awesome uh, email, uh, absolutely right. Um, and yeah, I can hear the excitement in your words. Um, and it's going to be a hell of a weekend. It is. It is going to be. It's going to be an absolutely amazing weekend. I can't wait. I'd, I am... Like, like I say, this week, I said, I think I said on the pod at the end last time, I, I actually don't necessarily like this week, 
I do like this week. I'm wrong, but I do get overexcited sometimes and I just need to rein myself back in thinking it's Tuesday. Behave yourself. It's Tuesday, yeah. There, there's still a World Cup final. I think it's very important that, and I don't believe yeah, for a second that the team are getting ahead of themselves. But as fans, yeah. we've all we all feel like we've already won the World Cup because it was such a big performance against such a dominant side that were, you know, the favourites. Um, yeah. And and so whenever something like that happens, you kind of come away going, well, you know, who who can stop us now? Um, obviously. The key to that is the same performance or stepping it up again um, against the Springboks. And as I say, we're going to go into that in more depth on Thursday. Um, but, you know, there's no question these, these boys have got what it takes. And uh, I just, yeah, I cannot wait to see if they can deliver and if they can just raise that bar that little bit more and put in another massive performance because that would be huge. Um, anyway, a couple more. So um, on iTunes, a couple of... Two more five-star reviews. One from PM88 says, A very entertaining podcast which doesn't sit on the fence. While clearly biased, I do think the post-game analysis is fair, which makes for a very very enjoyable and informative uh, podcast. Glad I discovered this before the Rugby World Cup. Awesome. Thank you very much. I like that. That one. And then uh, brilliant five stars from... um, well, MD, blah, 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 but it's Mike in Bath. He says, boys, came across your podcast pre-World Cup. I've really enjoyed your positive approach to England rugby. Please do a Six Nations, Mike in Bath. Excellent, excellent. So, I like it. Yeah, loving loving all of this this yeah. love that keeps coming through, guys. Keep that coming. Um, really appreciate that. And uh, and yeah, keep keep those emails coming because it, uh, it's really good to hear what you guys think. And as we've always said, this is about, you know, we, we might be the ones, the voices on the other end of this thing, but, um, you know, it's all about trying to, have the discussions that the fans are having or want to be having. Um, uh, and, and hopefully that's clear. Um, and that's why you guys keep tuning in. So we really appreciate it. Keep it coming. Uh, at England Rugby Pod on social media, englandrugbypod at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us on email. Right. Daniel. Yes. Yes. Two right. huge games. We should probably start with the big one. Um, I mean, yeah. if this was a weekend of... Contrasts, right? I mean, oh god, yeah. England, New Zealand was one of the greats. Yeah, uh, at, yeah. Least, at least from an England perspective. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, from a New Zealand perspective, I don't think they're going to put it down in history as one of their greats. But no, but but to be fair, you know, we talked. I talked in the last episode, possibly the last midweek episode, about how the Kiwi fans on Twitter seem to have changed their tune a little bit. And, and to be fair, one of the first tweets I got almost thirty seconds after the the whistle went was from. One of the one of our Kiwi followers who immediately just said, "Fair play, your boys, you know, were far better and outplayed us and uh, deserved the win. Um, you know, good luck in the final." That guy's a better man than me. I don't know how to be able to do that, but that's a really nice tweet. That's a really nice. I think the general consensus seems to have been that you know, whilst New Zealand may not have played their best game of rugby, they were thoroughly outplayed. It wasn't like. You know, two two teams didn't do a huge amount, but one did a lot less. You know, it was a combination of England stepping it up and New Zealand obviously dropping down a bit. And and you know, the res- the result was, you know, forget the scoreline for a minute. But the re- the result was pretty comprehensive. Um, it, it, New Zealand just didn't seem to know what to do. And yeah. when, when do you ever see a situation where New Zealand just seemed completely <laughs> flummoxed? Yeah, I, that's it. It doesn't happen. Even when teams beat New Zealand, they tend to beat them because maybe things haven't gone New Zealand's way. I actually think a lot went New Zealand's way. I think a lot of decisions went New Zealand's way. A oh, lot, a damn, lot we said of, it, 42-0. Yeah, yeah, it should have been 42-0. England, England just dominated them in every aspect of the game. England dominated New Zealand. A lot was made of a line-out before, especially with um, Scott Barrett being picked. Yeah. Um, and England's line-out was an absolute masterclass. I mean, Steve Borthwick, take my hat off to you, sir. I, I, that was... Annoyingly, I haven't got it in front of me because it would have been a great stat to have read out. But I, I did read, a, I think it was a, probably a tweet um, the other day that was about the England, England's line-out and how many combinations they they went through um, on you know, in that game. And it was something outrageous, like about 18 different line-out combinations. So they pretty much had a different, a, something different happened to every single one. And with only two jumpers versus four from New Zealand, <laughs> uh, you know, and obviously they won. Okay, they won eighteen out of the twenty yeah. that they did. It was it was phenomenal. 
Um, so yeah, and, and and you know the amount of you know that's that's stuff that whilst putting in a performance like that, you've also got to retain all that information. You've got to know to make the call, uh, you know, to decide which one to go with at which point. Um, and then you got to, and then you got to deliver the results and, and make it and make it work. It was, it was, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I that, that that's that's exactly it. That's so the, the New Zealanders might be able to count higher than we are and count up to four, whereas we can only count to two. But you know what we can do with those two is is a lot. Um, it was, it was just, and I think Jamie George deserves main credit for that. His his throwing in was absolute precision. I'm not sure if you saw. Did you see before the game when one of the coaches, I didn't see which coach it was, was standing on the step ladder? Yes. And Jamie George was, was it Borthwick? Yeah, oh, Borthwick I, up I, on I, the step ladder. Jamie George throwing it. That's how they, but I, I think we see that quite a bit in, in the warm-ups. You do see that. You do see that a bit. But, but Jamie George is nailing every single one to Yeah, exactly. To sixpence. Yeah, it was sixpence. Oh, hello. <laughs> I didn't even know you were born then. But it was... Jamie George has been huge. I, I think I said. Um, this I, I can't the, the fact you started this com- this this sentence with "I think I said" means that you means, probably didn't. Uh, no, 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 no. Because this this is me being wrong. So I okay, almost it's definitely did. you. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, you. yeah. Um, was I said Jamie George hasn't been playing uh, probably the best rugby he's ever played. But actually, I think I think I massively underestimated the value that Jamie George adds to that team with everything involved. Because Jamie George is an all-round player, he he's an all-round hooker. The likes of which we probably slash, haven't seen since Phil Greening. Yeah, slash winger, slash centre. Um, you got Sinclair prop slash fly half. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, well, it, I've never known a prop to have good hands. When we first got Mako on the scene, I thought, oh, Mako's got the best hands of any prop I've ever seen. Sinks are actually better. Yeah, he's a fly half. Yeah, he is a fly half in a prop's yeah. body. Um, Jamie George is is Johnny May in disguise. Sinclair is <laughs> Johnny Wilkinson in disguise. Disguise, yeah. And and Mako is Manu in disguise. <laughs> nice. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was special, mate. It was special. Um, it, it was just it, and it was clinical. And and I can't, you know, I keep I keep just thinking back and just going, how 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 can they be that clinical for for eighty minutes? And yet, and yet, you, you watching it, it didn't feel like it was just one of those days where everything went right. It just felt like, yeah, these guys they, they've trained hard, and now they're just delivering. What that's just what they do. It, it felt so comfortable for them to be that good, if that makes sense. It didn't feel like it was just that everything came together on the day and they all played really well. It felt like, of course, this is how well they're playing. You know, this is just how good they are. Is there a concern, bearing in mind what happened to the All Blacks, is there a concern that um, to replicate that performance? Uh, when you say concern, as in as in they won't be able to replicate yeah, it? Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. This is my point. I, I don't think so, because I, no, it, I agree. to me it felt so natural what yeah. they were doing. Like I didn't, during the game, it was only really as the game progressed and, and started to digest it all that it, that it, that it really struck me how how well they were all playing during the game. It just felt like, yeah, of course, that's what they're going to do. That's just what they, they do. And it was working. And I tell you, it's a bizarre one. It just it felt so comfortable seeing them perform at that level. Um, their reaction before the game, their reaction after the game. You know, it, I, I like, we, we've always said it. Uh, we said it back when um, Eddie Jones first came on board and the, the general consensus was at the end of a game, you don't get overexcited. You talk about the next game. You talk about improving. And sometimes it kind of feels a little bit like you're just sort of saying it because you're supposed to. But when Owen Farrell talks about, you know, yeah, we're happy. We, you know, it, it's, it was great. Um, it was a great win. Really proud of the boys. But, you know, we need to improve. You know, there are areas where we can pr- where we can improve, you know, and we'll work hard this week and we'll try and step it up for the next one. And you kind of just believed him. You were like, yeah, great. Like, I really want to see what that looks like. And I believe I'm going to see what it looks like. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about how South Africa are going to respond, if you like, um, in the final. South Africa, South Africa are going to, try, going to try and bully us, and that just won't be possible. I just don't see England getting bullied. Like, no, they, I, you know, even if even if you want to say that South Africa have got the best pack in the world and they're the most physical or the most physical pack in the world, I don't think that matters. Okay, they might be slightly more physical, 
it's not going to be to a degree that that dominates England and 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 causes everything to crash down around them. They're going to soak it up and and hit back just as hard. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, look, let's we will come on to that because we're we're in danger of slipping back into discussing that game um, now and leave us with nothing to talk about on Thursday, Dan. So there's been yeah, plenty. Exactly. There's been plenty more. Um, bef- yeah. So so the next thing I want to talk about is the. The flying, the mighty ducks flying V. Yes. Firstly, how awesome was it? I I, I, really, <clears throat> I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a great idea. <laughs> that that shaped how England wanted to play the game. I I, I think it was, I, I I think it was done well. I think it was done right. They 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 fronted up. They accepted the challenge, and and they were doing that rather than just standing there. Passive and I mean, but this is key, right? This is key. So, so there's 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 currently talk that England are going to get fined. I mean, it's two and a half grand. I think they'll they'll take it. <laughs> I don't even yeah. care. I've seen a awful lot of fans saying if they do get fined two and a half grand, send me the bill uh, because it was <laughs> awesome. Um, but is it not outrageous to put such a kind of stringent kind of such stringent rules on how teams respond? To what is essentially a challenge, like why on earth should a team have to stand on a line in a long line, huddled up, perhaps getting a little cold, maybe not in Japan, but you know, the reaction to Owen Farrell's kind of grin has been that he's disrespectful. I'm like, why? How is that disrespectful? Why should you have to cower from the hacker? Yeah, and and I I do agree that maybe don't go up in their face and disrupt them performing the hacker. Yeah, because that that is part. But absolutely. Why should you cower from it? To me, it's no different than saying, okay, everyone's like, that's part of New Zealand's heritage. I mean, well, England's heritage are traditionally known for being a upfront pack-based rugby team. So does that mean that England say we're going to push hard in the scrum? Does that mean no other team's allowed to push back? I mean... I mean, I, 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 this is not the best example of an <laughs> argument I've ever come across. And I don't think in court this would stand up that well. But my point is... No, I, I, I hear you. I, I just think, to be fair, I'm not sure there's any Kiwis out there saying you shouldn't be allowed to step three metres over the halfway line. That's You should be fined two and a half grand for doing it. I doubt they give a shit. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you know, the, the, the nauses out there would could probably argue that based on the... Uh, and clearly I'm one of them based on the, the angle of the V, the people who were over the halfway line were probably still 10 metres or whatever it is away from the hacker and the hacker was in this little diamond shape. And, <laughs> but but, but uh, the, point, like... the, the point is, is like, it's well, absurd. Well, hang on, sorry, sorry, just before you carry on. When you say the noise is out there, you worked that out yourself, didn't you? Yeah, pretty much. That's, yeah, what, that's, why, I said, that's why I said I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm one of them, yeah. But, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's... it's I get trying to prevent the, the kind of nose-to-nose... Basically yeah, yeah. trying to start a fight stuff. Um, and yeah, you've got to draw a line somewhere. But to say that Joe Marler was literally three feet over the halfway line and the halfway line is the official offside line for the hacker, it's like you're, you're putting too many rules on what is essentially a dance before the start of the game. And Well, yeah, that, that, that should make the Kiwis happy. Yeah. Uh, but, but, a bit of ballet but, before kickoff, yeah. But you know, why, why, why does it matter? Like it's a challenge. Uh, I agree. England decided this is how we're going to approach it. And, um, and, and I think, incidentally, I think, so France were sorry. just sorry. France were fined for doing their V when they did it the other way around, and and they kind of walked towards them with the point of the V, um, and they yeah. were fined to an half grand, which eventually got swept under the rug. From what I've heard, they didn't actually get fined in the end because there was such an outcry from it, and even New Zealand got in touch with World Rugby and were like, "No, just drop it." So yeah, yeah. I suspect this is mostly clickbait, all the chat about how England are going to get fined for it and no one actually cares. Um, I'd be very surprised if any of the Kiwis care. Um, you know, bottom, I, bo- bottom line is if you, if you do something like that and you sit there grinning and all the rest of it, you've then got to go and deliver, and England did. So th- I, I think that's exactly it. Firstly, I think what we've got to bear in mind, as far as I'm aware, none of the Kiwis players, coaching staff, sort of rugby fraternity have said, this is a disgrace. And there's no part of me that believes England were being disrespectful. There's no part of me owing for Farrell smirking in a way that so he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm ready for this. He's not like laughing in their face saying this is perfected. He's smirking as in, bring it on. Yeah, 100%. 100%. In actual fact, uh, yeah, I, I think that's 
I think that's embracing the haka and part of it. So if you want to find them, uh, 32 and a half grand, I, I don't think, I, I don't want to be flippant about money, but it doesn't, that's not going to change. Two and a half, it's anything. not going to phase, two and a half grand, if it came to it, wouldn't phase England, the richest rugby union in the world. But so it's kind of a, <clears throat> what a pointless fine. Um, well, what I want to ask. But more importantly, I, I think ask. it just sends a really poor message yeah, to rugby that, the, that New Zealand are allowed to do this, but no one, no one's allowed to respond to it or react to it. Yeah. Has, has, has any Kiwi ever complained? So for France, when they did the V, when was that? Was that when they knocked them out in 2007? Uh, I think it or might was it the final in 2011? I can't remember. Because you know. it, it, would, it would surprise me. What, what I'm wondering, if New Zealand had won that game, I wonder whether this would have been an issue. Oh, probably not. I, well, no, I, yeah. no, I think it would have been because I don't think it's New Zealand that are creating oh, yeah, the issue. Fair enough, yeah. So I, I think World Rugby have just made the decision that no, we said you have to stand on the halfway line and you crossed it, therefore you have to be fine. Uh, whatever, um, whatever. Yeah. But then, having said all of that, I suspect none of it has, has even come up from World Rugby at all, and it's all media fake, <laughs> fake news just designed to get people chatting like idiots. Like, who would do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what sort of morons would find that? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, mate, it soaked up a good five or six minutes of this part. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, sorry, guys. So, moving on to media, more media uh, mischief. Um, Eddie versus Gats. Is, Eddie, are we going to do? The, should we do the Wales South Africa game first, or should we do? Yeah, no, that that would make sense. That would make sense given given what this is all about. So, um, so yeah, semi final number two. As I say, weekend of contrasts. It was so boring. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was a dull game, wasn't it? Oh my god. I mean, okay, the last t- 10, 15 minutes, it, it got interesting because suddenly, it, but it, it was like watching it was like watching a boring test match where yeah. where where it's only good in the last 10, 15 overs. 20 overs yeah. when, when you're waiting to see a result it just it was just boring and and, 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 and fair enough I get that because both teams want to make the final um, well, that it, said it, though Dan I, I, it, that's how Wales play rugby it is how Wales play rugby yeah so I don't believe that they went out there and decided we're going to play a different game plan because it's a semi-final and we want to be super cautious they went out there and they played the type of rugby that they play um and it, unfortunately, it's, it's boring. And, you know, when you're li- missing Liam Williams, one of your key attacking threats, that's not going to help. When you've, no. got, when you've got George North, who, who still claim, they, 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 the Welsh still claim is this superhuman winger who, frankly, has been missing for about five years. I just, you don't have, they don't have the attacking threats. And what's arguably lucky not to get carded. Yeah, unlucky though to obviously have to come off after. Yeah, who gets cramp oh, after thirty minutes? I'm not being. Was like, that cramp? I thought that was a hammy. Oh, well, I don't know. I think that I think it was if a hammy, if hammy had gone, he wouldn't have got up and tried to shake it off. I don't think. I know he didn't succeed, but but what whatever. Maybe maybe it was a hammy. Um, but but the bottom line is, you know, they they didn't offer any any real attacking threat. Um, South Africa's try as well. That was awful defence. That yeah. You can't allow that from, from a team that claimed to have one of the best defenses in the world, and that's why they're so good. But they're not. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. It was just a boring game. I mean, the Wales try for Josh Adams out on the wing. Um, that was well worked. That was it, that. well. It, it was well worked, but but you know, it, it was it was fortunate because they had to pick the ball out from pretty much the middle of the scrum. You know, the, they were going backwards in the scrum. And it was kind of one of those 50-50 things, you know, had, had, had South Africa managed to get an extra step in their shunt on that scrum, I think it all went the other way. Penalty, South Africa, South Africa out of trouble. As it happens, Moriarty managed to just get in far enough um, to whip the ball out from underneath the props feet. Um, and then, of course, you know, they, they, they were away quickly and they had the numbers and, and fair play. They finished, they finished it well. But um, yeah, that's, that was as exciting as it got. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It really was. It was. It was. A, it was a boring game to watch. Both teams clearly nervous. Um, and a, there we go. A kicking game can it doesn't have to be boring. But the, I, ki- I th- the kicking yeah, was just. I, I agree. The, the kicking wasn't great either. It wasn't. It wasn't well masterminded. Uh, yeah, it was just a really dull game to watch. Um, but I think I think the right teams are in the final. Yeah, well, it's, the, it's exactly what we called as soon as we knew that we would meet New Zealand in the semi. We said <laughs> it'll be an England-South Africa final. And we were correct, Boom. Dan. 
from we are genius. Basically, we are. <laughs> yeah. Nostradamus. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh God, let's hope we're not as shit at him in predicting stuff. <laughs> but, but we are. No, it's, it, it was it was a poor game. A World Cup semi-final. If you're South African, you couldn't care less. And quite frankly, if, if a game on Saturday is really dull and boring, but we sneak away with a three-point win, we won't give a shit. So <laughs> no, true. I mean, but but that's it. With, with a boring game like that, it it's the result is all there is. And yet, I've, you know, there's an awful lot of Welsh people talking about how proud they are of this Welsh team for for how well they've done. And to me, to me, that almost sounds like you're saying, you know, they were punching. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not being funny. Oh, you, you have to say you're proud, don't you? I mean, Do you? From, Do a, you? from a media perspective. Are the Irish have... proud? <laughs> oh, Are the Scots proud? <laughs> Touche again. Uh, yeah. No, but once you get, if you get to a semi-final and doing it, and moving on to your next point. Eddie versus Gats. Yeah. Warren, why? Why, why, why are you piping up now, mate? Just, just, I don't. Know. I, I honestly don't mind it. I think fair play. Um, if you want to have a little dig, try and get. You know, it, I, I have no doubt if if roles were reversed, Eddie would probably do the same thing. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. My issue is with people literally jumping on their high horse and screaming and shouting at Eddie, saying that he's out of order for for what he said in response. Which who wouldn't have said that? Yeah, but don't poke a bear. Just for anyone who doesn't know this, because obviously this is a pretty weird conversation to have if you've not heard any of this story. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> so Gatlin true. being interviewed um, basically said uh, a lot of teams in World Cups play their final in the semi-final and then basically don't turn up for the final itself. Although looking at records, that I think that's only ever happened once and it was France who did it. Um, huh. Eddie's response was, um, let me know what it's like. I can't remember the wording actually, but basically it was, let, let me know what it's like playing in the... Uh, in the, in the bronze uh, medal yeah, final right, yeah. on Friday, or enjoy enjoy your bronze medal final on Friday. Yeah. It's exactly the sort of banter that you would that you would have with Which, your mates. Like, and and actually, if you listen to words, that's very polite of him. He's yeah. saying, "I hope you enjoy your exactly. game on he's Friday." Wishing, so, he's yeah. wishing him luck. So Wales, I think you owe us an apology. Don't worry, anytime. Do you know what? Anytime people hate Eddie Jones for one reason only. He's the England coach. And yeah. everyone loves to hate England because they've all grown up being told England equals bad, but no one really knows why they hate England other than, oh no, something happened in the history, in the history? Something happened in history, I don't know, 500 years ago or something. Let, but it was, let's not they, get it to political. They, they did some, it's not political though, is it? I remember, well, I remember having, I remember uh, on my gap year, a couple of, uh, couple of Scottish boys that, that we were travelling with um, who, who were proper England, England bashers. You know, we got on really well, and when I actually asked them about it, they were like, "Oh, we we, we don't know, We've got no yeah. idea why we hate the English." It's basically just the way we've been brought up. Just English bastards. And so, yeah. and so, you know, that's bottom line what it comes down to. And the fact is, is that any team in the world would be loving Eddie Jones if he was their coach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, my missus is Scottish, and she loves Eddie Jones. She almost definitely doesn't, but you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that on her. Yeah, put does. that on her neck. <laughs> yeah, of course, she loves Eddie Jones. So yeah, Eddie, I mean, look. I reckon Eddie and Gats are mates. They're probably texting each other. I, Gats probably replied, sent him a little message afterwards. Oh, touche, my friend. Um, you know, yeah. they, they've been doing this. They've been I'm doing pretty this. sure Gats didn't say that. But I don't think that he'll be annoyed. Like, I, I think they, they, this is just something that they do. They've always done it. Yeah, There's little it sly digs. You know, let's see who can get under the other one's skin. Eddie just doesn't really get... Like, people say, oh, he, he is bothered by it, and that's why he responds. I don't think he is. I think he's so quick to just be like, here's my, here's my response, now move on. I'm not, I'm, and genuinely, he's unfazed by it. He's just a bit uh, unique uh, like that. And... Eddie's, Eddie's got a master plan. Why are people questioning it? Exactly. It, it... Do not question the master. Speaking of, speaking of coaches, I thought Steve Hansen was class afterwards. The way he sort of conducted himself, I thought Steve Hansen was class with it. Yeah, I mean, look. To be honest, what what else are you going to do in that situation? Yeah, it's a bit like the Kiwi fans. That's not to take anything away from what he's done, but what what else can you say? You were, you, you were outplayed. You were outplayed on the day, yeah. And and there's nothing more to it than that. And to be fair, when England have lost, despite all the banter Eddie gives it beforehand, when England have lost, he's always been quick to congratulate the team that beat England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you know, this is just the way these guys do it. And and most importantly, in both in both Eddie and Gats's case. They've masterfully ensured that the media aren't focusing on the teams. In the case of Gatlin and, and Wales, people aren't asking, you know, why why did the team play so badly? They're simply saying, "Oh, Eddie's a wanker," 
Yeah, Eddie is the best in the world at doing that. Eddie is an absolute genius at taking the folks away. Steve Hansen even said it before when Eddie liked Spygate or whatever they were called. When, when Eddie was just like, oh, someone's watching us. And Steve Hansen straight away called it. Hey, look, he's, he's been smart. No one's now talking about the team. And, and I suspect we'll get more. The, you know, these sort of stories will probably continue to come out through the week where Eddie will make a comment that will be allegedly controversial. Well, I saw, a th- th- I, saw, I, saw a, I saw a thing the other day. Um, Razzy Erasmus was saying that um, he and Eddie have never engaged in these little sparring tactics before games. Oh, and he, oh. and he doesn't expect it to happen with this game either, which immediately took me back to the last, um, you know, when England beat South Africa and there was the, the Farrell's no arms tackle gate. Um, and Erasmus was seen <laughs> catchy. Did did a fake a fake video of of supposedly teaching the the Springboks the the Farrell tackle or the Faz as, as it was known. So you know he's a hundred percent engages in it too. Um, and it's it's banter and it's it's what this game needs to just stay. You know it's we all get riled up and we all get super excited. And this is a World Cup final. It doesn't get bigger than this. Oh you've got to keep you. you've got to keep the banter because when it's all finished and the dust has settled. We've got another four years to prepare for, um, you know, and there's yeah. going to be games played and, and everyone goes back to the to normal lives and everything else. So you've got to keep it fun and lighthearted wherever you can. And, and I think if if the media can focus on some of this sort of stuff and gives us all on Twitter something to bitch and moan about and debate and discuss, and you know, it, it's a it's a good thing. Um, it's certainly better than when you look at the way things are in football. Yeah, it's uh, well. Exactly that. And a lot of this is just, it is positioning. It is just smart media play. And Eddie is brilliant at that. And great, may it continue. Because on Saturday, make no mistake about this, this is huge. This is as big as it gets. This is more important than, you know, Brexit, than any of that crap. What's Brexit? (laughs) Don't know. No idea. This is what, this is what matters. And, my only advice to our younger listeners, the ones who perhaps weren't about 2003, boys, I can assure you, you will remember this day for a long, long time. Embrace every minute of it because England winning the World Cup final is absolutely amazing. I mean, you and I remember every second of the day in 2003, pretty much, don't we? Yeah, until the game ended and I went to bed. <laughs> yeah, because you had been you had been asleep for like 48 hours. <laughs> put on put on a, a, a night the night before, which no one turned up to because because they were, they they were all getting early night because it was Rugby World Cup final the next day. So I literally mm-hmm. sat on my own in the club, an empty club, getting pissed, and then thought, oh, there's only like four hours till the game kicks off. I'll just stay up. Got through the game, amazing. Then I had to go to sleep because I had to work again that night. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I remember that. I remember that day so well. Such a good day. This is this is a huge day. And looking at the game, I know we're going to go into the game more detail on Thursday and go for the game itself. But it's a shame about Willie Hines, isn't it? Um, it is. It is. Um, well, so interestingly, we can kind of say that this is about the squad rather than the match. Do, yeah. do you think? Obviously, he's going to need to pick. Ben Spencer, isn't it, that's been called up? Yeah, Spencer. Obviously, he's going to need to pick him in the 23 because you you do, well, I suppose in theory, George Ford has been practicing there, but you're going to want a scrum half. You need it. You need it. Yeah, yeah. But do we think that uh, Ben Youngs will play 80? Uh, It's a big ask to to (laughs) drop someone in for the last 20 who's not been with the squad for the entire World Cup in the final just because typically you make changes at 20 minutes. Well, this is not something. This is not something I will often say, but I've got a feeling about Ben Spencer coming out, and I've, I've got never a feeling. ever heard you say that. <laughs> I know it's brand new. It's brand new. I think I actually think Ben Spencer coming out is positive for England, not because I think Willie Hines has been brilliant, and it's a real shame. But what they're going to get with Ben Spencer coming out, they're going to get somebody who knows the system, somebody who's going to bring such energy. He's going to be so excited. Can you imagine just being like? Oh, actually, come out for a World Cup final. So you think they'll use him like they would have used Willie Hines if he'd been fit? No, I I don't think so. But I think there will be the expectation for him to be on for maybe 10 minutes. I suspect he'll get on the pitch at some time. Because especially the way England are going to want to play, and I believe that's going to be quick rugby, that takes a lot out of the scrum half, first every breakdown. But Ben Spencer's a good enough player. I am pretty sure 
Willie Hines and Ben is going to spend every second of this week with Ben Spencer running through every detail, even if it's just a two-minute cameo. Is Willie Hines is back in the UK already, isn't he? Didn't, doesn't he? Have... No, Willie Hines is staying out. I is he? Oh, okay. I was yeah. going to say, a bit harsh, keep him out there for the whole World Cup and send him home. Yeah, um, but no, no, he's, so he's, he's not staying out. I've, I've thought there might have been surgery or something he had to go straight back for. No, I, I, he's staying out this week, and I am nice. sure that Ben Spencer will come out. We'll have so much energy. It'll be a fresh Are they allowed to do one. that? Uh, yeah, of course they are. But they're allowed to keep Willie Hines in camp, even though yeah. he's injured. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, then why didn't why didn't we replace Jack Knoll? Because, uh, but no, no, no. So what 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 you're allowed to do? Like if if they're injured, you're allowed to take. They're allowed to stay in camp. They're just officially they're out of the World Cup. Of, they're officially out of the squad. So what you can't do is bring somebody in and say we're bringing him in while he's injured, and then bring Jack yeah, Knoll okay, back okay. in. So Hines is officially. Out of the England squad, he's no longer a part of, of the World squad. Cup, but they can keep him around to to utilize him in any way they want outside of actually yes. being involved in playing. Yeah, I I, okay. look, I I may not have the exact rules correct, but I'm Probably. pretty sure it's along those lines. Um, <laughs> They're the rules that we've now decided make sense. Yeah, and which is fair enough. Um, interesting. Did you did you see uh, Sale following a, a social uh, media uh, campaign Curry, yes. have sent That's Ben, awesome. ben Curry out to Japan? Because uh, he's supposed to be playing against Bath on Saturday, and um, they they ran this little campaign and got we'll have when he retweets it needed to get, and um, and yeah, he he went to the bosses and just said, look, is there any chance that I can miss the Bath game and go and watch my brother in a World Cup final? And they were like, yeah, do you know what? Fair enough. Um, which I think you know is good of Sale, bit harsh on the rest of the team who probably think I'd quite like to go to Japan and watch the boys in a World Cup final, but I get it. Um, well, ben, what I'd say to those other guys, then you should have had a twin brother who's that good at rugby. Yeah, I mean, is it? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because because they'll probably never play together for England. Touch oh, wood. I think they will. Touch think... wood, unless of in, 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 in unless there's injuries. Because Sam Underhill and Tom Curry, like, what, are you going to get rid of Sam Underhill? Who, without you can't get injured? rid of either of them. Uh, so I mean, more likely, more likely, they will be in the same squad, and you'll see Ben Curry coming on for Tom Curry as a like-for-like like replacement. And let's be honest, when it comes to like-for-like like replacements, a clone is a good place to start. <laughs> yeah, 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 true, I mean, true, that, true. That would be awesome. You know, yeah. Tom Curry just everywhere at 300 miles an hour and just the team thinks, oh, thank God, he's starting to just, he's starting to just calm down. He's, the energy's gone. You go, uh, ref, quick, quick substitution and you just bring on another, another Tom Curry. Only this one's called Ben and he goes and does the exact same thing. That's nasty. Oh, God. God, could you, could you imagine? <clears throat> and I don't know enough about Ben Curry, but if he's as good as Tom Curry, do, do you remember a few years back where everyone's questioning our back row? We don't have a proper seven. Now everyone's like, holy shit, I wish we had the England back row. I mean, Ben Curry, and Tom, when they came on the scene, Tom and Ben were, were seen as fairly indistinguishable in terms of their quality as well as what they look like. Um, and it's only really since, since Tom's got the nod from Eddie... And and you know I, I'm sure he is the better player at the moment. But you know they they that they are that close in terms of how good they are. Well, um, I th- I th- Eddie's because when Eddie first picked Tom Curry, he picked ben actually first, Ben, ben was Curry injured. was well Ben Curry was playing more often. For well, sale. I think I think Tom Tom had been injured, wasn't hadn't he? And Ben was the one who was playing. And in fact, didn't he pick Ben Curry first? Out in uh, no, Argentina? I think, no, I think it was always I Tom. I, th- I think it was always Tom, but everyone's a bit like. Well, actually, Ben Curry's been playing. Eddie saw something in Tom yeah. that perhaps he hasn't seen in Ben or he hasn't seen to the same yet. extent in Ben. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, that's what's and, so in, in, interesting about this England side is, you know, we, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. There's a massive game on Saturday that's, you know, we're, we're dealing with World Cup 2019 right now. But, you know, um, Keddie, uh, who emailed us, did allude to, you know, is it too early to call 2023? And yeah, of course, it's a little, a little bit too early because you've got to at least get through 19 first we still but, yeah we still have a we still have a match to go but but it is when but. you when you look at the england team when you look at like if it, what would you say <laughs> in terms of age is too old to be a, to, to to really be kind of at the top of your game uh it, it does depend on position i think front row you've probably got a few more years but it's um, average 32 33 yeah i was, was, was going to say 33 i was going to say about i think after 33 perhaps you use that line 
lose that yard. Okay. On the basis, therefore, of 33 being the cutoff, the only player in the England starting 15 who would be, sorry, the only two players in the England starting 15 from last weekend who would be unavailable for 2023 would be Courtney Laws and Ben Youngs. Holy shit. And, And on the bench, you know, in the England, you know, the full England squad, the only additional players, in fact, the only additional player who would be unavailable would be Dan Cole. Everyone else in this England squad would be 33 or, or under in 2023. And that's not, you know, that's not accounting for the likes of, um, ben, well, Ben Spencer's obviously now been called up. I don't even know if he's, he might be a bit old, actually. Um, but that's not accounting for the likes of Marcus Smith, um, even you know, Denny Solomona, uh, Joe Cockensick is in this one, Sam Simmons, Charlie Yules, Nick Ishekwe, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot, but and and actually this will be a good conversation to be having at some point. But that's for now. Let's. Uh, but it is. Know, like it's just. Talk. It's just. It's just. I think incredible. And when you think like who are the England superstars right now? Marrow. He'll be 29 in 2023. Uh, Tom Curry. He'll Tom be, Curry. He'll be 20, Sam Underhill. Yeah. He'll be 25 oh, in 2023. Sam Underhill will be 27 God's in 2023. God's sake. Even Billy will only be 30. Um, you know, it's 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 a pretty special. I mean, Anthony Watson will only be twenty nine in twenty twenty three. So yeah, it's it's a special time for for English rugby. Um, it, it is very special. I really time think for that you know, this World Cup in general has has set a bit of a benchmark. That performance last weekend has really put down a marker because when when this much when when this little experience can deliver those kinds of results, just think what another four years is going to do. Yeah, every, everyone, and I was amazed by the amount of people who seemed to be making out it was almost a fluke last weekend. Well, I hope the South Africans think that. I hope the South Africans are going in thinking, oh, I'm sure they're not, but I'm hoping they're thinking there's no way they can perform like that again. Because I honestly believe they can. I believe they're good enough. I believe they're I think, grounded I th- enough. I think they'll step it up again, Dan. Ah, oh, mate. And, and there is room. I said it the other day, and I still believe this. I actually think our attack could have been slightly better. There were a couple of a couple of mistakes. Don't forget, we had two disallowed tries, both of which, yeah. whatever it does, it doesn't could matter. Could have gone the other way. Yeah, could could have, should have, whatever. But you know that game, we we should have won that game by more. I, I agree. Um, we're gonna we're gonna deal with this on Thursday, but I want to leave our listeners with. So I've got a, my my cousin in South African or half, um, proudly holding on to the the green passport. I think it's green. Um, at times like this, um, and I thought he, it was just as back of a sweet rapper. He, <laughs> he reached out to some of his Bok mates who are big uh, rugby noses, a bit like us. Um, and mm-hmm. I asked, I asked him to ask them if England can put in a performance against the Springboks like the one they did against New Zealand. How how do the Springboks beat them? Um, and this is a question I think we'll try and answer if if it can be answered um, on Thursday. But I just want to leave you with these three comments from them. Um, the first one, I think we can bring a different game to what either New Zealand or England can. Okay, interesting. The second one, our forward pack is the best in the world and we have two of them. If the box have a chance of winning, it will be by brutally assaulting the English pack. I mean, I guess there's a first time for everything. Um, uh, that... that, that might work if you've gone there with tools but you know i don't think you're, i don't think you're allowed but you know and then finally we won't play pretty rugby but we can bring a level of physicality that no one else can uh disagree to be fair my cousin jay did say it's the least confident he's ever heard them his, his mates so <laughs> yeah come on. that's what we like to hear but we will we will definitely look more at that um, because i think it is an interesting question uh, t- it is an to, you know, rather than just banging England's drum, is to say well, how does a team beat them the way that they're playing at the moment? Um, and I know people will be sitting at home thinking, "Hang on a second, that sounds like you're actually planning on on, on doing some proper analysis." Uh, don't panic. We won't. We, <laughs> yeah. that, nothing will be prepped because that would be, be completely against our ethos. Um, and so, what might sound like analysis at the beginning will certainly uh, evolve into rose-tinted rubbish. Uh, by the end, but it's going to leave us all hopefully feeling properly G'd up for Saturday's game because it's going to be huge. Um, obviously, for those that are interested, there is a third place playoff on Friday. Dan, just very quickly, 
do whales have a hope in hell? No. There you go. That's it. That's all. That's all. That, that's all she. That's all she wrote on it. Um, I think it's going to be painful. Uh, New Zealand haven't lost to Wales since 1953. They haven't lost back-to-back Test matches f- since 2009. It's going to be nasty, and they're, and yeah, they're wounded. They're not. They're not happy about it. So as as much as people say it's not a, a big deal, Wales for Wales it's massive because it's a game against the All Blacks, and for the All Blacks it's massive because they don't do losing twice in a row. Um, so yeah, that could be a a fairly painful final game for Warren Gatland but um, you know best of luck to them uh, guys really appreciate you tuning in <sighs> two episodes to come in this World Cup uh, big a big yes. preview to, to of see what this England team is all about see what team Eddie picks if he makes any changes that's coming on Thursday and then obviously the big one on Saturday the final of the Rugby World Cup 2019 it doesn't get bigger than this uh, we really appreciate you tuning in. Um, for those of you that have been, been with us since the beginning, uh, amazing. You know, 160-odd episodes is no small feat to have you guys <laughs> continue tune in and listen to our dr- dr- us droning on uh, <laughs> about about what we think about this England team. But, um, you know, loving that uh, so many of you getting in touch and, uh, and letting us know how you feel. So please keep those coming. Um, uh, we we will obviously address the question of what what happens next, but we'll we will do that when the World Cup is over, uh, and we've had time to uh, to digest this because this is what it's all been about. Uh, this is the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in two thousand and nineteen, uh, and there's only one hurdle left then. Well, our there is only one hurdle left on Saturday, but our. Fellow like-minded brothers and sisters, Andy and I will be back with you on Thursday for a one final chat before the big day. It's huge this week, and I cannot wait. Indeed. And England Rugby Pod on social media, englandrugbypod at gmail.com to get hold of us on email, and we'll catch you on Thursday. Take care, guys. Bye, guys.